This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If someone were to ask you to make a list of some of the most important people who have ever lived, who would you have on that list? Suppose they had to name 10 people that you consider be some of the most important people that has ever lived. Well, I have an idea that someone who is a, a student of history would name people like maybe even George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. Maybe, maybe you would think about some war uh, hero like uh, General MacArthur. Maybe you would think about some some other person that, that stands out in history because there are so many people who've made outstanding achievements in history. Uh, think, think about George Washington Carver and all of the important things that he did in his life. A great person. But the person that ought to be at the top of everyone's list is Jesus. Jesus. Today we want to talk about Jesus. Jesus Christ, God's Son. Stay tuned. Now today we offer the free Bible course that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive that course free of charge. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Jesus Christ was the theme of the early church. When the early church were scattered abroad, they went everywhere preaching the word, preaching Jesus. In Acts the fifth chapter in verse 42, the Bible says that daily in the temple in every house, they cease not to preach Jesus Christ. That was their theme. And ought not that to be our theme today to preach about Jesus? There have been a lot of important people have lived on the face of this earth, great people. People that have made the world a better place in which to live. But the greatest person who has ever lived on this earth is a man named Jesus. There are so many things about Jesus that are so outstanding. Well, one of the things that really impresses me is what the Bible says about Jesus. That, that at one time Jesus was on an equality with God, but he emptied himself in the form of a servant and found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself unto death, yea, the death of the cross. That's what Paul wrote to the Philippians in the second chapter of that book. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, 
He was God in the flesh. Jesus said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And I want you to think about some things about Jesus. Think, we, 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 we want to think about just briefly about His influence for good. And where Jesus' message has gone, the world has been made better. To think about the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, teaching is such an important thing that we do. And really what I'm doing now is teaching. Some call it preaching. And preaching and teaching the Word of God. Jesus is a master teacher. In John chapter 7, John said there that never man spake like this man. No one has ever preached like Jesus. No one ever will. No, no one ever talked with such divine tenderness as did Jesus Christ. Jesus had a woman brought to him one day, and this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And the thing that, that I have always wondered about in that story in John chapter 8 is that they caught the woman, why didn't they also bring the man with them? I think that shows there was a double standard being used. And the woman was brought to Jesus and they wanted Jesus to condemn this woman. And Jesus said, He that is without sin among you, let him cast their first stone. And the men turned and they left. And Jesus asked the woman, Where are your accusers? Where are they? And he told the woman, Go and sin no more. Oh, some people would have been so hard on her. Those that were her accusers were being hard on her. But Jesus Christ had a different spirit. No one ever taught with such gentleness. And no, no one has ever talked about man like Jesus. Je Jesus asked this question in Matthew 16 and also in Mark chapter 8. Well, what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, well, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? No one has ever talked about man like Jesus did. No, no, no one has ever talked about life after death like Jesus. Now, before Jesus came into the world, men were asking this question. If a man dies, will he live again? But, but Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. No one has ever talked like that before. No, no one has ever talked about heaven and hell like Jesus. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, Jesus said, Depart from me, ye cursed, and everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And then in the 46th verse, he said, of that same chapter of Matthew 25, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. No one ever talked about everlasting life like Jesus did. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Life that will never end. Jesus is a master teacher. And Jesus taught the world in a way that the world would be attracted to Him. 
and today the world is attracted to Jesus. And one of the things that causes people to look to him is the teaching of Jesus. Jesus in John 12 said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And men are drawn to the cross because of the loving, simple message of Jesus. And no one ever talked about anything like the Lord Jesus. One day he's coming back. And friends, Jesus is not going to come back to teach us. No. He'll come back then to judge us by what he taught the first time he was in this world. In John 12 and 48, Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and, and receiveth not my word has one that judges him. And the word that I've spoken, the, the same shall judge him in the last day. When I think about Jesus, I, I think about the work of Jesus while he was on this earth. The day's Pentecost, and the speaker's Peter. And the multitude are those that had crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. They, earlier they had cried out for his blood and said, crucify him, crucify him. And now the day of Pentecost has come. And Peter is standing before those people and he said, You have by wicked hands crucified and slain him. That's in verse 23 of Acts 2. And they'd killed the Son of God. And they knew that he was Jesus. They knew he was the Son of God. Because in verse 22 he said, Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God by the miracles, the wonders, and the signs which he performed, which he did in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Now, putting that simply, that Jesus was saying, Peter was saying, that Jesus Christ was a man that God put his stamp of approval upon. And the way that he put his stamp of approval upon Jesus was through the various miracles and the wonders and the signs that he performed. And he said he did it right there in the midst of you. You saw it. You know I'm telling you the truth. He said, as you yourselves also know. And no one denied it. No one denied it. And Jesus was a man that performed miracles. And Nicodemus acknowledged that in John the third chapter in verse 2 when he said, We know your teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles that you do unless God is with him. Well, why did Jesus perform miracles? Why did he perform miracles? Well, listen to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. Many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life in his name. You see, Jesus performed miracles 
in order that men might believe in him. Oh, I'm aware of the fact there are those today that claim that they are performing miracles. And normally you see these people perhaps on the television performing miracles, allegedly healing someone of some internal disorder. But if they really are genuine about it, and they're really sincere about this, why not go to the hospitals and go from room to room in the hospital and find those that are seriously ill Raise them up off of their bed. You see, Jesus could do that. And the miracles that Jesus performed were instantaneous miracles. Je Jesus never told anyone that over a period of time you're going to get better. When Jesus caused, caused a man to be raised from the dead... He didn't say, well, he's going to start being raised from the dead a little bit at the time. No, it was instantaneous. He just walked out to where his friend Lazarus was buried. And, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And the pulse began to vibrate in his body again. And he came forth. It was an instantaneous healing. Jesus, the, the miracle of all miracles in the life of Jesus was his resurrection from the dead. Someone says, you think he was resurrected? I don't think he was resurrected. I know he was resurrected. In Romans, the first chapter in verse 4, Paul wrote, declared to be the Son of God. He's declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. You see, when God raised Jesus from the dead, that was to let all men know for all time to come that there was no doubt about who He is. He's declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. And Jesus has been raised from the dead. Romans 4.25 says, He was wounded for our offenses. He was raised again for our justification. In Romans the 10th chapter, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with the mouth of the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We have to believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead? You know, all people through all ages have had some anticipation of a life to come. If, if, if you were to go back in history and read about the American Indians, and, and you would learn that they would have things buried with them. And one of those things may be his bow and arrows because he anticipated the happy hunting ground. And he may have had a distorted view about the life to come, but it, but it does not nullify his claim that there is one. There is a life to come. And people have always asked, if a man dies, will he live again? Now, who answers that question? 
Who is it that can answer the question about life to come? Well, is it Mohammed? Is it Buddha? Is it Mary Baker Eddy? Is it Joseph Smith? Is it Confucius? Who is it that has the answer that was asked in Job 14 and 14, if a man die, will he dies, will he live again? Who answers that question? If you were to go to the tomb of these people, to wherever Mohammed is buried, wherever uh, some of these other so-called religious leaders uh, are, are buried, guess what? They're still in the tomb. But you go to the tomb of Jesus and the words of Matthew 28 and verse 6 are so powerful. He is risen. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And any person who eventually goes home to heaven beyond the grave will go there because Jesus was raised from the dead. And also because that person accepts the doctrine of the resurrection gospel. And don't make any mistake about it, friend. God raised the dead. He's done it in times past. And He raised His Son from the dead. He can do that. And Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ, which He manifested in Christ, which He showed in Christ, which He demonstrated in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead. You see, Jesus was resurrected, and He was raised from the dead by God's mighty power. Uh, I was watching the television recently, and there was an astronaut who had been out in space for, for a year. And he's coming home. And we were so thankful that he came back home safely. And I believe I heard someone say that he's decided to retire from the space program. But have you ever stopped to think about it? If, if that astronaut had died while he was out there in space, all of those scientists and engineers that made that space prop, uh, 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 exploration possible, if they were to pool all of the knowledge and all of the skill and all the resources that they have, there's not a one of them could have brought him back to life. But God has that power. Jesus was the Son of God and He came to this old world that's filled with sin and suffering and sorrow. And it still is, isn't it? But finally Jesus was taken by lawless men and is nailed to the old rugged cross. But he was taken down from that cross and he was put in a tomb, a new tomb. And there was a mammoth stone rolled against the mouth of that grave. But three days later, Jesus came out of that tomb. Jesus had predicted his resurrection. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, even so must the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And Jesus came forth out of that tomb.
raised from the dead by the power of God Almighty. And if he had the power to raise Jesus from the dead, he's got the power to raise you from the dead as well. You know, there are people who say he wasn't raised from the dead. So some say, well, his friends just stole his body from the grave and they, they began to perpetuate this falsehood that Jesus had been raised from the dead. In the first place, his friends didn't think he was going to be raised from the dead. And they did not have a motive for taking the body. And they followed afar because of fear. Somebody says, well, it was the enemies that took the body. Well, why didn't they produce it on the day of Pentecost when Peter began to preach the resurrection gospel? And I'll tell you the reason they didn't produce it is because they did not have it. And some even say Jesus just fainted on the cross and he faked it. And then he got in the tomb and while he was in the tomb, there, it was damp in there, so it sort of revived him, and then, then he got out of the tomb. Well, you tell me how a man who, who had been beaten, nailed to a cross, abused like Jesus was, would have the strength to roll away a, a stone, a mammoth stone away from that tomb, and then overcome those soldiers outside. The fact of the matter is, Jesus was raised from the dead by the power of God. And that tomb was not open to let Jesus out. It was to let man in. That we might believe in him as the divine son of the living God. And because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, you and I can know certain things. We can know, first of all, that death is not the end of it all. Sometimes when we lose a loved one, it seems like death is conquered, you know, that, that death is, it has, has shaken its fist in our face, so to speak. But because God raised his own son from the dead, we can say this with the Apostle Paul, thanks be to God, gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because he's been raised from the dead, we, we can know that we're the, He's the one we can trust with our souls. Inasmuch He's the way, the truth, and the life, I can trust Him with my soul. There are a lot of people I admire, I really appreciate. I, I admire the work of John the Baptist, but John never died for me. He wasn't raised from the dead for me. I admire the work of restorers like Thomas Campbell, Alexander Campbell, Barton W. Stone, James O'Kelly, and a host of others. But there's not a one of those men that died for me and was raised from the dead for me. But Jesus not only died for me, but Jesus Christ was raised from the dead that I might live. I can trust Him. I can trust Him with my soul. And because I trust Him with my soul, I'm going to listen to Him and pay attention to Him and do what He tells me to do. You know, He's the one who said, if you love me, you keep my commandments in John 14, 15. And one of those commandments is this, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Have you ever done that? 
Have you ever been baptized into Christ as a believer in Jesus Christ? As a penitent believer in Jesus Christ? Why don't you think about doing that now? Jesus was resurrected for our justification. Romans 4.25 says He was wounded for our offenses. He was raised again for our justification. And if you are justified, it's just if I'd never sinned. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Jesus Christ was raised from the dead to let us know that He is the Son of God, declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. But God raised Him from the dead to let all of us know there's going to be a judgment. In Acts 17, Paul is at Mars Hill. He's preaching to these men in Athens and he's talking about the true God of heaven. And in verse 30, he said, The times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. But because he's appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained in that he hath raised him from the dead. When God raised Jesus up, he raised him to let us know that one day we're going to face him in the judgment. And friends, today Jesus is your Savior. When we face him, he'll be our judge. And we're going to stand before that judgment for the purpose of giving an account of our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. Are you ready for the judgment day? Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus was resurrected that we might be ready. And He's coming back someday. And when He comes back, He's coming back for His own. He said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. In the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. I, I'm so thankful that I hear from people who have accepted that invitation and have visited the Church of Christ. And I want to encourage you to visit. And also right now, why don't you pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible correspondence course. Don't hesitate. If you prefer, you can take it online. Uh, but until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.